Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast. I am your humble host, Michael Boldia, but uh, we will uh, be changing the name of the show officially to Clown World. So welcome to Clown World. I am your tour guide, Michael Boldia. And uh, boy, oh boy, there's a few things that we need to discuss because not even yours truly a man of uh, impressive foresight and analytical ability uh, could have foreseen uh, how far they'd take this. Uh, We we talked about the possibility of uh, John Fetterman being a U.S. senator. Yes, hello, good night, indeed. Well, that possibility is now a reality, uh, and... uh, they're actually floating the idea of him running for president. You heard that right. Now, granted, given the current occupant of the White House, it would be a sideways move. I think their uh, synaptic ability is uh, on par with each other. Uh, But the best way I can describe what is going on is let's say you show up late to like a lunch with someone you know. And just as an aside, just as a goof, just as a joke, you go, hey, sorry I'm late, alien abduction. And they look at you and go, did they probe you? And at first you start to laugh because you think they're playing along, you think they got the joke. But then you look at their face and you realize they're being serious. That's sort of how I feel with this entire Fetterman saga. I mean, you're really doubling down on this. Now you're floating the idea of John Fetterman being president. That ought to scare you. The fact that Pennsylvania decided that a man with uh, cognitive impairment after suffering a stroke, was a good representation of the average citizen of Pennsylvania, says a lot. I'm just saying, if you live in Pennsylvania, don't take this personally. I'm sure you stayed home. Or whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's becoming laughable. And the world is watching. The world is seeing. And there are real problems that we need to contend with there's real issues uh i've been i've been mulling this over and uh i I think i'm gonna write a longer article on the blog about it but perhaps it's time accepted the idea that there aren't as many righteous in america as we thought there were it wouldn't be the first time but there were certain things on ballots where you sit there and you scratch your head and go, 
I, this, this could never pass. And yet, it did. There are certain individuals on the ballot that you go, yeah, I feel sad for them. I mean, strokes are nothing to laugh at. But there's no way an entire state will elect this individual to be their representative in the United States Senate. And yet, hello, good night, Senator Fetterman. I'd, I'd love to be there, to be a fly on the wall, to hear a conversation between Joe Biden and Fetterman. Could you imagine that? That, that would be quite stunning, would it not? But fear not. Uh, things aren't getting any better. Uh, consumer prices up 7.7% in October. Uh, a 0.4% gain month to month. Now, I've been preparing you for this for about a year. And the best way I can describe what's about to happen in these United States is if you've ever seen that meme, it's, it's, I've seen it on YouTube a thousand times. Uh, there, there's a guy with like a pot belly with a gut. And he's uh, standing on the beach. And all of a sudden, two ladies walk by, and he sucks in his gut. And he does it so well that he, he, he looks like a, a muscular individual for a couple of seconds. Once they pass by, once the ladies disappear, he breathes out and lets his gut out again. We've been holding our gut in, economically speaking, until the midterms. They were doing everything they could to try to, to, to keep this thing afloat until after it was said and done. Now they have no reason to hold in their gut. We haven't seen bad yet. And there are certain things that most of you don't even look at that yours truly kind of notices. And uh, have you ever heard that term, you know, things that make you go, hmm? Well... C.H. Robinson, and if you don't know who C.H. Robinson is, uh, C.H. Robinson is the biggest truck brokerage uh, in these United States. By that, I mean that they broker deals between uh, companies and drivers to get from point A to point B. Now, if the economy was on an upswing, if things were looking bright and rainbows were everywhere because the storm has passed, C.H. Uh, Robinson wouldn't be laying, up, laying off uh, up to 1,200 employees. Let's just start there. So C.H. Robinson to lay off up to 1,200 employees, sources say. Uh, we'll get into this story because it's important. They could, they, could, they could fluff things for as long as they want. They can tell you not to believe in your lying eyes. Uh, they, well, you know, it's transitory. But when the biggest truck brokerage in America is laying off between 1,000 and 1,200 employees, you need to be concerned. You need to be aware of what's around the corner. And I understand, you know, it's people nowadays, 
have very little foresight. People nowadays don't want to see what's around the corner. But you listen to this program for exactly that reason. I'm assuming. So truck brokerage giant C.H. Robinson Worldwide Incorporated is laying off between 1,000 and 1,200 employees, most of whom are at the vice president and general manager level, according to sources familiar with the situation. Yes, the train is passing by again. Uh, We don't need trucks. We have trains. Okay. Uh, The move comes, by the way, did you hear? Uh, I guess Mr. Robinette Biden uh, being so uh, enthused about the lukewarm results uh, of, of the election cycle for the midterm said that he was going to build a, a, a train between wherever and uh, I, I got to find it because it was just the level of insanity is mind boggling. Uh, apparently he wants to get people out of cars, case of pre, but uh, he wants to build rail between, uh, you know, one dinky town and a big town because that's where, he used to go? I don't know. This man's mind is so fractured. Half the time you're like crossing your fingers, hoping he doesn't say push the button, to be honest with you. At some point it may happen. But just in case you thought, hey, things are looking up, they really aren't. We got ahead of ourselves in terms of headcount, said Bob Biesterfeld, president and CEO of Robinson's, on a post-earnings call. Now, Robinson's employs nearly 17,000 people. Biesterfeld said he did not forecast demand or truckload demand declining as rapidly as it did, as well as spot market and contract rates deflating considerably. So, uh, Things are falling apart faster than the guy running the biggest truck brokerage in the nation foresaw. In a statement Wednesday night, the company would not confirm the number of layoffs and disputed the number cited, saying, as we said last week in our quarter three earnings, changes in market conditions coupled with many successful endeavors on our digital roadmap directed at scaling our model to be more efficient mean that we're in a position to reduce our overall cost structure. Translation, we don't want to scare anybody yet, so we're firing people because we've become more efficient. Yeah, okay. I believe you. Now, this is a microcosm of what is happening uh, in in a lot of six-figure job areas. If you haven't heard... uh, the website formerly known as Facebook is uh, laying off, what, 13% of their workforce. It doesn't sound like a lot, but they employ a lot of people, and those people that they employ uh, aren't going to be able to integrate themselves within society because very few places nowadays will pay a six-figure salary to someone with a septum piercing a face tattoo, and, uh, you know, a shirt that says uh, the patriarchy must die. Just little things, you know. You have to understand that that 
places like Facebook or now Meta, uh, places like Twitter and all these other places that are just cutting, 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 laying off people, employed people who lived in their own ecosystem to the point that they started believing they were necessary to society. What do you do? I'm a Facebook fact checker. Here's your $100,000 salary. No, you're unnecessary. There was one kid that used to do something, you know, for for one of these big things, got fired, decided he was going to go get a job in the real world. Uh, I think he went to, to Starbucks or something, which isn't really the real world. It's like real world adjacent. Uh, but he was breaking down on video because they made him work eight hours. How dare they make him work an eight-hour shift? Like, Welcome to the real world. But see, I've warned you and I've told you time and again that eventually reality will begin to intrude on the illusion that we've manufactured for ourselves look if if you want to see a sure sign of depression around the corner for these united states of america the fact that the biggest truck brokerage in the u.s is cutting its workforce by some 15 percent is one of the best indicators that i could find now There's another story that I ran across, which goes hand in hand with this one, because it's not going to be just the U.S. You have to understand that a lot of companies, especially these multinationals that are based in the U.S., have tentacles throughout the world. And when you run across an article like this, which was posted yesterday, by the way, uh, this is a recording, but it's a fresh one. Uh, Today is November the 10th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, And so, uh, yes. Uh, Mortgage fund in Canada halts payouts amid liquidity crunch. Oh, really? Canadian real estate lender Romspen Investment Corp. has halted redemptions on its largest fund after a number of borrowers stopped making payments. What I tell you, I know, I know. See, and, and I don't want to toot my own horn. That's not why I'm here. But maybe I should grow my hair and dye it pink and have my own prophetic revelatory TV show. Because uh, I, I, I hit them out of the park just making educated guesses. I've, the things that the Lord has shown me, I've told you up front. This is what God showed me. This is what I saw. This is what I dreamt. This, this is the vision I had. The things that are educated guesses, for lack of a better term. I tell you, this is, this is what I see coming. It didn't need to be revelation. Imagine that. Imagine if I was as unscrupulous as some people. I could say it was prophetic. So I, well, I, the Lord did show me that economic collapse was around the corner, It was obvious to everyone. You didn't need God to show you. Don't pretend God showed you anything. I know people that say they had revelation and and, and they just take crib notes of the things I say on this program. And they just put, thus says the Lord on it. You're too late. Some schmuck in Wisconsin 
who didn't even have time to make himself a cup of coffee, already said what you're saying was revelation. But this is the state of American prophetic. This is, this is the state of the prophetic movement in America. And you wonder, well, you know, this, this person, somebody, uh, I guess, uh, you know, he's, he's the reincarnation of JFK Jr. now. He, he, he told us that Trump was coming back on a white horse. He, he was going to rid the world of evil. I, stop. Please, please, for your own mental well-being, if for nothing else, please stop. All right? You have to hold people's feet to the fire at some point. If someone says, thus says the Lord, and, and whatever it is has, has an expiration date, it's within a certain timeline, and it didn't happen, other than for entertainment value and to see what color hair they might have next week, why are you still watching these people? Why are you still listening to them? Because I... So, this is, this is the story. I know, I, I digress, but this is where we are. I, there's, there's just so much going on. And the children of God who ought to be smarter than those of the world are focusing on the self-same things that those of the world are and, and neglecting to see real important uh, signs of what's about to come. Because I had somebody reach out the other day, oh, Brother Micah, is it time to get back into the market? No, I, I, it's... Really? Are, are, are you oxygen-deprived? We haven't seen the bottom. We're not even halfway to the bottom at this point. You have companies that their stock used to be what three fifty, four hundred bucks down to twelve bucks, fifteen twenty bucks. And I sit here today and I tell you it's going to get worse, markedly worse. But hey, the people got what they voted for. John Fetterman's a U.S. senator. And we need to start looking at the possibility of him being a presidential contender. Are you out of your mind? I have no words. I've come to the point that I have no words. I thought most people were idiots and I overestimated their intelligence level. Oh, listen, Edith, he just called people idiots. Stop. You, you, you do it too, you just won't admit it. At least I'm honest enough to tell you, yes, I walk into stores, I walk into restaurants, I see the people working there, looking at their finger with the booger on it, thinking to themselves, am I going to eat this or rub it on my apron? So stop. Let's just, can we all, can, can we just... Allow honesty to breathe before we try to choke it again. Just one deep breath. The people of Pennsylvania elected a man with brain damage to represent them in the U.S. Senate. Let that sink in. So, Canadian real estate lender Robson Investment Corp. has halted redemptions on its largest fund after a number of borrowers stopped making payments. 
What does this mean? Well, if you have a pension, if you have a 401k, uh, they're likely in a fund of some kind. Well, this was a fund that lent out money to people to either build homes or buy homes. And Kel Supri, uh, people have stopped making payments. And so the people that had their money in the fund, the money that was lent out to other people, you know, for a profit that then they would get a return on, they're trying to get their money going, I don't see things going well. And the fund into which they invested their money goes, uh, sorry to tell you, but we can't give you your money back. And most of these things, most of these hedge funds and most of these uh, uh, places that do this sort of business, they have severe penalties if you want to pull your money out early or if you want to pull your money out before term, they don't guarantee that you'll make a profit. But even at a loss, even with the paying of the penalties, this firm is saying, uh, we, we just ain't got it. No tenemos dinero. I know. I'm bilingual, trilingual. I, 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 I know a lot of stuff. I kid, of course. Now look at that pride. No wonder. Why would God give him a television show pink hair or not he's just so prideful we need to laugh kids we need to laugh we 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 need to smile because things are only getting worse from here and with the way this election cycle panned out uh we're we're, we're we deserve everything we're about to get and i'm not talking well, well, yeah, because you always you like whatever, you know, Republican. It's not about that. Okay? I'm sorry. If you think this is still about Republican and, and Democrat, then, then you've lost the narrative somewhere. This is about all the other things that got voted on and passed in certain states besides the people running for office, besides the people that got elected or got rejected by the citizenry. And they're not wholesome things. They're not noble things. They're not life-sustaining, life-defending, or life-preserving things. And I think some of you believe with all of your heart that Sodom and Gomorrah were the pinnacle that was, that was the standard. It couldn't get any worse than that. Let me tell you, it's gotten worse than Sodom and Gomorrah here. Far worse. And any mention of repentance, any mention of turning to God, any mention of riding this ship is met with derision. Oh, all we've got to do is wait two more years and then Trump's coming back. And even if which at this juncture is highly doubtful. Even if, what's one man going to do? Well, you know, he, he's, he's got tiger blood. Stop. See, and, and this, is, this is seeping into the churches and people are no longer hearing about Christ or the cross. They're no longer hearing about righteousness or holiness. They're no longer hearing the things that give succor to their spirit. 
It's all about conspiracy theories and QAnon and some dude pretending to be another dude who's going to reveal himself or whatever. Can can we please just somebody needs to be normal? Because there's enough clowns in the world. Somebody needs to be normal. The Toronto-based firm will temporarily defer payment of redemptions until it has more clarity on when borrowers will repay loans and the fund can get cash from asset sales, according to a letter to investors dated November 8th. Loan payoff activity remains suppressed. Uh, take that with uh, some giant crypto company that just went belly up because, uh, uh, you know, the CEO thought it was his money. It was like 600 and some odd million dollars that he owes. Uh, it, it, those of you that keep track, as I know, crypto is supposed to be the transfer of wealth from the wicked to the righteous. Uh, what was it? A Bitcoin hit 15 grand yesterday. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Just keep that at the forefront of your mind because people are looking for safe harbors right now. They're looking for a place where, where they will feel at ease. The season of feeling at ease is gone. It's dead. It's not returning. You can look. You can, you can believe some guy, well, you know, what you need to invest in, to be honest with you, is grasshopper farms. You're like, what? It's, it's the wave of the future, brother. Stop. Look, the only place that you're going to feel safe, the only place that, that will give you the comfort and the ease that you're looking for, not for the flesh, but for, for your mind, for your spirit, Christ. If you are in Christ and wholly sold out to him, then all these things that are about to unfold won't bother you so much. You may feel it, but it won't bother you to the level that it's going to the rest of humanity. Because we've lived in a bubble for so long, we don't even know what hunger is. If we don't have a snack between 8 a.m. and noon, brother, I experienced hunger, believe me. One time, uh, I, I, I ran out of power bars, and I go to look in my gym bag, and there were none there, and it was like 10.20. I'm like, what am I going to do till noon? Exactly. So, the move underscores the growing stress in the nation's real estate market as a sharp rise in interest rates changes the economics of commercial projects and disrupts the housing market. The firm, which is backed by New York-based TIG Advisors, is an established specialty manager of private mortgage funds, providing pre-development construction and other loans for commercial and residential projects. Among the largest private players in that business in Canada. But back to what I told you beforehand. The firm is backed by New York-based TIG Advisors. The Romspen Mortgage Investment Fund had 2.8 billion Canadian, which is 2.1 billion dollars, uh, invested in 134 mortgages at the end of June. About evenly divided between a Canadian 
and U.S. projects. Managers are now working to accelerate the sale of some assets to free up cash. Uh, Small problem with that. Nobody's looking to buy, at least not with these interest rates. And if they are, they're looking for a real big discount. So uh, the Romspen Mortgage Investment Fund will likely be selling their assets at a loss. Uh, I think if they can manage to break even, they should consider it a win. And then uh, tell the people who invested money with them to get in line and uh, we'll meet out some Canadian dollars whenever we are able. <laughs> this is only the beginning. We, uh, we haven't seen the end of it yet. We're not even close to the end. I don't even think we're close to the middle. The guys I was talking about, FTX. Uh, FTX was a crypto platform. They've got an $8 billion, $8 billion hole. So somewhere along the way, somebody squandered $8 billion. And now people are angry, and they've lost money, and they will continue to lose money. And we were already on shaky ground. The ground is getting shakier Every day. But hey, that's okay. We have abortion on demand. So you know, it all works out. And the reason, I don't want to, but the reason I have to share this story with you is because at some point, we're going to have to answer a very basic question. If the people purporting to be ambassadors of Christ, if the people purporting to be saved and sanctified are acting in a worse manner than those of the world, why are we expecting those of the world to vote in such a way that it will promote life? or that it will promote wholesomeness, or that it will promote values. Ex-megachurch elder, charged with murder of adopted 11-year-old daughter, months after husband's suicide. Leticia McCormack, a one-time elder and ministry worker, has been arrested and charged with murder and several other crimes related to the death of her 11-year-old adopted daughter, Arabella, just months after her husband died by suicide. A release from the San Diego County Sheriff's Department said the 49-year-old McCormick was arrested Monday along with her parents, Stanley Tom and Adela Tom. Now, along with murder... McCormick, a former church elder at Rock Church in San Diego, was charged with three counts of torture and three counts of willful cruelty to a child. Keep in mind, this woman was an elder at a megachurch. Her husband, before his suicide, was the pastor there. I know that some people look at discernment as something that they can do without. 
I mean, it'd be good to have, but it's not necessary. Letitia McCormick murdered her 11-year-old and is charged with three counts of torture and three counts of willful cruelty to a child. Her husband, who pastored, took his own life. But no, you're right, we don't need discernment. That's just a gimme. Mother was charged with three counts each of torture and willful cruelty to a child, with her father was charged with murder and similar counts of torture and willful cruelty to a child. What is this family? The arrests come after months of investigation by the police, who first responded to a call about a child in distress at a home in Spring Valley on August 30th. Detectives who responded to the call suspected possible child abuse in the home, and Arabella was rushed to a local hospital where she died. Arabella's younger sisters, ages 6 and 7, were also removed from the home and placed in foster care. When Brian McCormick was contacted by police about his adopted daughter's death, officials say he fatally shot himself inside his truck near the home. Family members and neighbors told NBC7 that Arabella and her sisters moved in with their adoptive parents in 2017, and their adoptions were finalized a couple of years later. Now, let me take a break here and uh, answer a question. I know it's not a regular occurrence. However, people go, why, why do you guys have an orphanage? Why doesn't the Romanian government just open up adoption? Why don't they just... Well, they had adoption back in the early 90s. And when uh, they followed up with the children to see how they were doing in their newly adopted homes, they found an inordinate amount of cases where the children were being molested where the children were being beaten, where the children were being uh, used as slave labor. And so the entire Romanian government said, yeah, no, we don't want to do this. Granted, they don't have the money or the wherewithal to take care of the kids, but I, it's, it's, it's better for them to grow up in a place like Romania than grow up in a place like France or England uh, to to be used and abused, my thesis anyway. So these kids were adopted in 2017. In August, the 11-year-old died. Apparently, uh, the man, the husband, the pastor, whatever you want to call it, knew enough where he couldn't live with the guilt anymore. But... uh, the ex-elder, his uh, widowed wife, apparently felt very comfortable with living with herself and her sin uh, until the cops figured out who did it. The safety of our children is of paramount importance to the sheriff's department. We respond to all reports alleging child abuse and neglect, the police statement read. Conducting an accurate investigation is a long and tedious process. Gathering evidence and conducting interviews must be done methodically while protecting the children and preserving the rights of parents and family members. You got one. Don't be so braggadocious. 
In a statement to NBC7, the Rock Church said they hope for justice for the sisters and made it clear that they have no official relationship with Letitia. Of course not. Discernment finally kicked in. We have received notice that Letitia and her parents have been arrested as a result of the Sheriff's Department investigation. We continue to grieve for Arabella and her sisters. We're so sorry that their family and friends are experiencing this unimaginable loss and pain, the church's statement said. We send our deepest condolences, yada, yada. Why did you not have the requisite discernment to see this from 100 miles away? You have to understand that, especially when it comes to abused children, physically abused children, there are telltale signs. I mean, the, the easiest one to pick up on is when you go to shake a kid's hand or when you go to say hi, they flinch outright. You know, it's problem. Somewhere along the way, somebody has hid that kid so often that they think every time they see a raised hand, it's coming for their face. So it wasn't, it wasn't even that they didn't have discernment. Nobody was even looking. Nobody even cared. Now, Perry Noble, I know if you don't remember that name, uh, he, he was a big deal in the up-and-coming spiritual leader division uh, until, as he put it, he screwed up in 2016. So uh, fear not. We uh, retread our bald tires. So he's back. Second chance church founder. (laughs) Uh, Is the next one going to be called third chance? Huh? I know. I'm being cynical. I'm sure just like Jimmy Swaggart, he's on the straight and narrow, never to stray again. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, all the better. I've I've been at this for so long. I I can't. But hey, uh, the Christian Post uh, has decided to query whether a church can balance diversity and inclusion with uh, being biblical. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. No. Sorry. Because I know what they mean by diversity and I know what they mean by inclusion. Because oddly enough, a biological male who identifies as female has won the Miss Greater Dairy 2023 New Hampshire Miss America. If you see uh, a picture of Mr. Nguyen, it looks like he probably ate a few of the other contesters or contestants, uh, the ones that he thought would would, would be, uh, I guess, his fiercest opposition. He's a husky fellow. But fear not. He got the attention he wanted because uh, he's quoted as saying, in the 100-year history of Miss America, I have officially become the first transgender title holder. And also, coincidentally, and this is not him saying it, 
this is me reaching a logical conclusion based on the facts and the visual evidence. You are probably most likely, I think, 100% guaranteed to also be the first Miss America in 100 years to weigh over 300 pounds. I, there may have been one that retained water, but she probably, I don't know, she was pushing 180 at some point. But you, Mr. Newen, uh, you are a husky fellow. I cannot even bring myself to say that you're a handsome woman because you're not. I, you're an ugly dude? I don't know. See, this is, this is the kind of trouble I get into. And, and, and people misunderstand that, that everything I say comes from a deep, deep well of love. But fear not, Second Chance Church founder and senior pastor Perry Noble fired from New Spring Church in South Carolina in 2016 for alcohol abuse and other unfortunate choices and decisions. Uh, you know what? If you admit to alcohol abuse, I really want to know what the other unfortunate choices and decisions were. Because you don't lead with the worst thing. See, you, you, you lead with the tamest, mildest thing and hope nobody asks any further questions. So if uh, the Second Chance Church founder led with alcohol abuse, uh, curious minds, inquiring minds want to know. So uh, he's back. And, uh, you know, he just, he just made a goofy. He just made a mistake. Everyone deserves a second chance, maybe five or seven. Uh, but this is, this is, this is, the state of American spirituality. This is the state of what is Christendom in the West. Uh, wow. After I was able to go to rehab and extensive outpatient therapy, I feel better about me. Well, indeed. Good for you. But maybe, you know, sit in the back of the church for a while, repent just a little bit more. You know, those little things the Bible talks about. And of course, like uh, every person who gets caught with their hand in the cookie jar, uh, there's always somebody to blame. And uh, it seems as though he's found somebody. Uh, what do you want me to say? Here, one more. Just, just in case, you know, eh. Mike, we, we see your two examples, but do you have a third? Indeed. A regional body of the United Methodist Church has voted to promote a man in a same-sex marriage to the office of bishop, despite the nominational rules prohibiting such a move. Well, you know, denominational rules notwithstanding... I think uh, the Bible forbidding it should have been the number one priority. 
I mean, we can skirt around denominational rules. They're up for interpretation, but the Bible's pretty clear. Why, why do the Methodists still call themselves a church? Is it just for the tax exemption inquiring minds want to know? I'm thinking yes. And well, if, if we tell people that, you know, we, we just get together and have coffee, and then, then, then we wouldn't be tax exempt anymore. So let's call ourselves a church, why don't we? A regional body of the United Methodist Church has voted to promote a man in a same-sex marriage to the office of bishop, despite denominational rules prohibiting such a move. At their official meeting last week, the UMC Western Jurisdiction voted to make the Reverend Cedric Briggerforth of the California Pacific Conference a bishop. Bridgeforth, who has served as a California Pacific Conference's Director of Innovation, innovative indeed, and communication, became the first openly gay African-American bishop in the UMC. If you would have had a peg leg, he would have hit the trifecta. Homosexual minority with a disability. Western jurisdiction delegates elected Bridgeforth on the 18th ballot, with him receiving 73 votes out of 93 valid ballots cast, having needed at least 63 ballots to be elected. This is the state of American Christianity. I know, I know. Stop. No, I'm not going to stop. Because some of you are sitting there scratching your heads going, how could the election have gone the way it did? Granted, some cheating, likely. But then you look at something like this where 73 out of 93, I guess, other bishops decided that a man in an openly homosexual relationship was worthy of uh, being voted bishop, you start to understand why things are going the way they are. During the remarks made shortly after being elected, Bridgeforth told those gathered at the Western Jurisdiction meeting, now listen to this, I know, I know we don't want it, you have to. He told those gathered at the Western Jurisdiction meeting that he was grateful to God Almighty and to his husband Christopher. It's in the church where I have found purpose even when I felt like it was chewing me up and spitting me out. And still, I couldn't let it go. I, maybe the wrong use of words there, I don't know. I'm just saying. It wasn't about the institution. It wasn't about its rules or its regulations. Because well, why should those exist? It was about the call of God upon my life to be bigger, to be better, to open doors, and to chart new ground. Uh, I'm sorry, senor. Uh, I am uh, very sorry to inform you that uh, whoever God you serve is not the God of the Bible because the God of the Bible say, repent. Repent. Go and sin no more. That's what the God of the Bible says. So the question is, which God 
called Mr. Bridgeforth to persevere even as he was being chewed up and spat out. His words, don't, don't even, his words. Bridgeforth's election goes against the UMC Book of Discipline. Discipline, please. That's as outdated as discernment. But discipline, ha! Huh! He had an elder kill her kid and made her husband blow his head off in his truck. What's, 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 what's a little gay marriage? <sighs> this, this is America. I know. Wave the flag. I'm proud to be an American. Bridgeforth's election goes against the UMC Book of Discipline, which prohibits the ordination of self-avowed practicing homosexuals. And thus does not allow them to become bishops. The Christian Post reached out to the Western jurisdiction for comment, however. A spokesperson explained that they were unable to respond by press time due to travel schedules and meetings. And trying to find a hole deep enough where uh, the brimstone wouldn't get to them. John Lampris of the Institute on Religion and Democracy, who has served as a UMC General Conference delegate in the past, viewed Bridgeforth's election as part of a broader shift among UMC leadership to embrace views that are contrary to traditional Christian teaching. But if, if something's contrary to, to traditional Christian teaching, it means it's heresy. I would think it was not a positive that the United Methodist Church would embrace such things. But that's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm Quakerish that way. Call me a Puritan. <sighs> the first new bishop elected last week has refused to say if she believes in the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, the hits just keep on coming. There, there was, uh, the, the, apparently, Mr. Bridgeforth is not the only one breaking down barriers. He's not the only one expanding the understanding of the United Methodist Church. Uh, Knessa Bigam Tsai, uh, which is another bishop, that got elected last week refused to say if she believes in the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. Apparently, she does not believe in basic biblical doctrine about his incarceration or or incarnation. I apologize, it's not incarceration, although some of these people probably should be for crimes against humanity. I'm just saying. Lampras added that he views Bridgeforth's election as further direct defiance of the UMC's official rules, which is increasingly becoming normalized. No one forced Mr. Bridgeforth to seek ordination and leadership in our denomination. He knew our rules forbidding same-sex partnerships along with adultery and premarital sex for our clergy. But that's such a high bar. Come on, Methodists. 
So this is where we are. This is American Christianity. But I know, rising Phoenix time around the corner. The United Methodist Church. Well, here you go. If if you still belong to the Methodist Church, I ain't got nothing for you. What what am I going to say? You already know. For the past several years, the UMC has been embroiled in a divisive debate over whether to change its official rules barring same-sex marriage and non-celibate homosexual ordination. Again, if your rules contradict what the Bible says, then you are no longer of the Bible. Can we please? In 2016, the Western Jurisdiction unanimously elected Karen Olivero to the bishop of the UMC, making her the first openly gay bishop in the history of the UMC. So, uh, basically, you know. Uh, Now you know, uh, I'm I'm not even, I can't. What do you want me to say? Uh, Honestly. Because we're still, we're still clinging to this idea that, oh, we're a godly nation, Brother Mike. Don't give up on us. I'm not giving up on anything, but I need to be rational. I need to look at the evidence as it sits and go, all right, we're right for judgment, and there's no way around it. So, I don't know, make of it what you will. But this is happening in what we call the church. Tell me, are we really a Christian nation filled with Christian people? Stop. We've relegated holiness to the basement. We've relegated discernment to the basement. We've relegated the word of God to the basement. Then locked the door and barred it. And we started making up our own rules and inventing our own gods. And the funny thing is that every single one of the gods that we invent is more permissive than the God of the Bible. That, as Jen Psaki used to say, is very problematic. And with that, thank you for listening. May God bless you. May God keep you. Who knows what will happen last week. Oh, by the way, one last thing. Remember, I again, you can't make this up. They elected a dead guy in Pennsylvania. They elected, he died in October. So, again, I got abducted by aliens. Did they probe you? This is the circus. Welcome to it. Gino, it's yours. Oh, boy. I I can only say you can't get better humor than that on late night. It's unbelievable. We're, we're, We're on a railroad train to judgment, literally, and the sin is what? In the church. The gay bishop in the church. And Mike's right. 
It's the devil prompting this guy to think and do and the denomination accept something that God calls what? Ichabod. Evil. Those that do these things won't inherit the kingdom of God. And God is not, you know, wishy-washy. And he will never bend his word for us. And America's worst, as Mike said, than Sodom and Gomorrah. But why? People go, why? Because we claim to be founded on Judeo-Christian values, which we were founded on. The forefathers today, founding fathers, if you transported them from then to now, they would absolutely decry the evil of the day. And it would not be the America of, of what they started. And, that's, and, and the people decrying the evil are being more marginalized and more threatened and even in the church, persecuted. You know, like McKay in the Bible and others. And America, you know, I would have healed Babylon, but what? It won't be healed. Jeremiah 51, it won't be healed. Stubborn, proud, rebellious America won't be healed. Although it doesn't stop us from doing everything to warn and speak and blow a trumpet, but this modern Babylon is bent on defying, defying God. And that's why the judgment, according to Revelation 18, give her what? Double. Reward her double. Those are words you don't want to hear from God. But that's what's coming to this modern Babylon. And we do not, we, we totally support, propagate, speak out, and Warn the message God gave. We will never stop doing that until the day part of America is up in flames because of its sin and rebellion. Come the the rebellious mother of the world. The the sin of America has been polluting the world. Well, either way, I'm a little bit limited on time. Thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth, with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you. They are.